Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Each week we come to you with the best in healthcare talk radio and let you in on the conversations that doctors are having all across the country in doctors' lounges, offices, elsewhere all around the country. We try to inform you and give you the information that you need so that you can advocate for yourself and for your family in healthcare matters. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation sponsors the Doctors Lounge radio show and we uh, are a a, um, healthcare think tank, the only healthcare think tank that is run entirely by physicians. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation depends on your support so that we can bring you this show and do the work that we do all around the country, which is really important and good work, and we'll talk about a couple of our wins later on in this show, but please support what we're doing. We can't do this without you, so please go to d4pcfoundation.org. That's d, the number four, pcfoundation.org. Give $5 or $5,000. It doesn't matter how little or how much, but really this is uh, uh, a organization that, that exists because of you and for you. So uh, help us to uh, um, fight the fight, to support the doctor-patient care relationship, and to fight for your health care freedom. Um, before we get started, I'd like to uh, just apologize to a lot of the uh, uh, listeners who uh, are trying to get to older shows that are supposed to be archived. You know, Facebook has issues, Equifax has issues, and so does uh, America's Web Radio. You know, IT has become such a uh, integral part of every aspect of w- what we do in in life and in business, and uh, it no, it and it's no more true uh, elsewhere than it is on uh, our our radio station. And so there was an IT issue in terms of archive some of the old shows. I think that we've gotten that problem fixed and uh, already that has uh, uh, gotten underway and very shortly uh, all the um, older shows will be archived and available for everyone. So please accept my apologies. I know we have a very loyal uh, audience that that does care about this show and uh, we will... uh, Uh, be able to uh, have everything that we've done up there very shortly. So, I I don't have a guest today. I wanted to uh, talk about some some issues regarding uh, state solutions. That was what this was was really advertised as, a show that was going to uh, discuss what really will be the the way out of of the darkness in healthcare. But as I started doing the show prep, I really decided to uh, take a, a little change of direction because it became apparent that really what we're talking about is utter chaos right now in healthcare, and it, there there I've never really seen. Uh, a a uh, period of time in my career, which has been over 35 years um, 
uh, in in healthcare, and um, where where nobody really um, has the answer, or where everybody thinks that they have the answer, and and uh, and in the meantime, the the problems seem to be escalating and getting worse. Um, so I wanted to talk today about where we are today in April of 2018 in healthcare, and what are the key problems and the areas where people are focusing their energy? Who who are the the players, and and what do they think? And as I prepared for the show, I identified the areas where the problems seem to lie. Of course, we know that. One of the giant problems is healthcare insurance. The um, markets are collapsing. A lot of that had to do with um, the Obama uh, era regulations on healthcare on healthcare insurers, and um, and uh, which which resulted in an initial mass exodus from the healthcare market from smaller players leaving some of the bigger ones but then over the course of the last um, eight years the the uh, insurers started pulling out of individual states the less profitable states leaving some states with one or none or no insurers leaving uh, patients um, in in uh, limbo and um, making compelling them either to uh, go to a health care exchange which which uh, was a very um, poor option for a lot of people or going without insurance at all and uh, some people believe that the solution to, to uh, the healthcare issue centers on fixing insurance. Cost is another huge problem in healthcare right now. The costs of healthcare are just soaring; they're going through the roof, and it's not just the insurance premiums which are also going in the wrong direction. They are. They are escalating, and people are paying more and more and getting less and less. Um, but I'm talking about the cost of, of care itself. The cost of care is pretty much driven by hospitals, and that's been driven by consolidation. Again, Obamacare... Um, uh, regulations allowed this to happen. They um, incentivized hospitals to get bigger by forming what's called accountable care organizations or ACOs and by putting the doctors together and by buying up smaller hospitals and getting bigger and bulkier and being able to do more and more the market shrank and the the um, uh, availability of care outside of these giant hospital systems has um, has dwindled so that now for the majority of patients they must go through a hospital system to get their care. Uh, 
Um, that's also true because they're buying up physician practices. The physicians can't compete in the marketplace because of the um, disproportionate amount of reimbursement plus the increasing overhead. And as a result, they feel that they are compelled to sell their practices to hospitals who are willing to pay premium prices because the hospitals get paid more, considerably more, for the same services that are being given by these doctors once they're owned by hospitals compared to when they were private private uh, entities. And so right now, over 65% of doctors in the U.S. are hospital employed, whether in academics or owned by hospital systems. And so this consolidation of the marketplace and the lack of choice and the lack of competition has allowed hospitals to um, increase rates and they they are more than happy to um, pretty much rape the public and take advantage of their non-for-profit status which they claim and, and I've, as I've said on shows in the past hospital non-for-profit status simply means that they do not distribute their um, profits to shareholders, but in Atlanta, where I work, the largest hospital systems are are making billions with a B, billions of dollars every every year. Um, there are five hospital systems in the Atlanta market that are fighting for market share, and they are um, just so wealthy and they have such large um, war chests and they are increasing the payroll of uh, the hospitals by hiring more um, vice presidents and managers who are making um, incredibly lucrative salaries. The, 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 the uh, executive suite people make more than half a million dollars and many of these hospitals have you know dozens of uh, of executives at that level so they're lining their pockets at the expense of patients and the doctors who are doing the work so so um, cost is a big problem and people have solutions how to solve that problem um, access Access is a big problem right now. Why is access a problem? Well, because of consolidation, because there are less choices. So if you want to get your, um, your MRI scan or you want to get your colonoscopy, you may not have a choice of where you can get that done. You may be forced to go into a big hospital system in order to get that because there's just no alternative. There's no availability of those services elsewhere. And you are being forced, because of this market consolidation, to pay more for your care and, um, and, and in many cases, get care from someone that you don't necessarily want to go to. Um, the 
insurance companies are part of this access problem as well because they are um, limiting the panels of doctors that they will approve patients to go to. They're narrowing their panels, so, so narrower networks and less choice. So access is a huge problem and uh, one of the major issues shaking up the healthcare landscape right now and there are people who think that they have a solution for that. The quality, you know, the quality of healthcare is, is suffering right now and not because the doctors are delivering poorer care, but in, in many cases it's because there are um, no choices for patients if they've got a certain health care plan and the, the health insurer will not cover their drugs or will not cover their procedures, they will be getting inferior services. So the quality is, is hurt. Also, the quality is hurt, again, because of the fact that so many doctors are employed by hospitals and they are no longer working for patients, but they are instead working for hospitals. So what does that mean? It means that the hospital is the boss. If the hospital says that, you know, in order for you to make a decent living, the kind of salary that, that we agreed to when you signed a contract with us, now that your three-year contract is expiring and we need to renew your contract, instead of seeing 30 patients in a day, you've got to see 45 patients in a day. Or instead of seeing 45 patients in a day, you need to see 60 patients in a day. So, of course, when you're spending less and less time with patients, that is killing the quality. Um, and, um, and there are a couple of other problems which I'm going to get into in the next segment and then talk about what some of the solutions that are being offered are. So stay with us in this important show in the Doctor's Lounge. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge talking about chaos in healthcare. And if you are a patient, um, and everybody is a patient or is going to be, then you certainly know that our healthcare environment right now is in massive chaos. And we were talking about and identifying some of the problems that are facing us right now in healthcare. We talked about insurance and costs and access and quality. One other issue, and I'm going to talk about this because it impacts one of the areas where some people believe the solution lies, is the problem with our healthcare system um, itself, where the physicians, and they're putting the blame on physicians, are um, getting paid on sickness, and they should be paid on wellness. They're being paid on episodes of patient care, fee-for-service, and they should be being being paid by outcomes. Now, this is something that is a real hot button in the the physician community, um, and we'll talk more about that soon, but paying for outcomes is is something that um, is a uh, a real slippery slope, and and it sounds great to the uninitiated. But let me just say, just like mucking around with healthcare insurance, mucking around with the doctor-patient relationship, and basing uh, a physician's remuneration on whether or not they're going to keep their patients healthy or treat them when they're sick is a slippery slope for a lot of reasons. One of which is that um, if you compel a physician to do this, they're going to only take the most healthy patients and the sickest ones will be at risk. If, on the other hand, you let this happen organically, like we have seen happen in the direct primary care movement where direct primary care doctors take all comers and make them better because the relationship is better, then you're keeping your patients healthier, then everybody benefits, and that's a win-win for the system. But to legislate it and compel it is a losing proposition because of the law of unintended consequences. And we've seen this happen time and time and time again. You know, one of the um, one of the things that I have uh, um, really uh, witnessed or, or w- w- that has become quite apparent in in all of the work I do and the reading that I do in preparation for 
this show and the and the uh, um, projects that I'm involved with. You know what we're really talking about in healthcare is disruptive innovation. If you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, as Einstein said, that's the definition of mental illness, doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. Disruptive innovation is what needs to happen in any um, arena in life to make things better and to progress. And healthcare is no exception. It's it's really some it's an area where we do need to disrupt and innovate. But disruptive innovation just for the sake of disrupting um, is is um, dangerous and what we're seeing right now in healthcare are reactions. You know, we saw for example what happened about a month and a half ago when um, when Amazon got together with Berkshire Hathaway and Goldman Sachs, not Goldman Sachs, um, uh, um, Morgan Stanley, and uh, um, announced that they were going to create a healthcare alternative. Well, it sent the stocks of all the healthcare companies down, and the whole sector just just uh, tanked for um, a week um, with the um, expectation that Amazon, um, who uh, puts virtually every sector that they get into um, at risk for losing their market share. Um, it, it sent a, a shudder through the healthcare community. So what has transpired since then? Well, now there are um, people, um, businesses scurrying, trying to make sense of that announcement and, and uh, position themselves defensively against what they expect to see happen out of this unholy alliance. And so we've seen... CVS Tearmark talking about purchasing Aetna. We've seen Walmart talking about purchasing Humana. And there are reactions in the marketplace due to the shakeup caused by, by these large players who want to get into healthcare. And there could be good coming out of this, or we can see more of the same that we saw when hospitals started um, consolidating, when they started buying practice, medical practices, when they started bulking up and getting bigger and bigger. Can you imagine what is going to happen if if Walmart is now is um, owns Humana and? And the insurance is tied to um, getting your your um, your drugs or other services at Walmart. Can we can we can we even think that through? What that means? What what about Aetna? What what about um, if you have to go through CVS or Caremark, one of the largest um, 
pharmacy benefit management companies, which are already raping the 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 the, um, the patient population with with uh, drugs. Everything now is being um, looked at in the in the pharmacy, the PBM, the pharmacy benefit management arena, whether or not what they're um, allowed to do is actually legal. It is legal because of laws that exist right now, but people are talking about changing those laws to take away some of the advantages that these companies have. But when they get so big that they can buy an insurance company and force patients through their retail experience in order to be able to get the services or the drugs or other um, medical uh, care that they need, that, that's a very um, disturbing thought. So, so these are, this is disruptive innovation in a bad way. And what, what we're seeing right now are different perspectives on how to get the healthcare chaos reined in, how to, how to create order to the chaos that we're seeing right now in healthcare. And the reason why all of these opinions um, exist, the reason why these large companies are in this business is because he healthcare is in chaos right now. And the reason why it's in chaos is because the very simplest relationship, the doctor and the patient, has been impacted by so many different special interests along the line trying to get their share of the healthcare dollar and their influence is is um, fairly strong by people who make laws and and uh, compel healthcare to go in a certain direction, whether it's in the at the federal level or at the state level. So, so really, if we wanted to see um, this problem disappear, it would be to take a a neutron bomb, blow up healthcare, and start again with just the patient and the doctor, and allow those choices to occur. The cost of healthcare would not be high if there weren't so many special interests in the mix, if there wasn't so much fat in the system, and let the marketplace predominate. And, and this is the essence of direct primary care and some of the other work that's being done in, in um, consumerism in healthcare, which um, I'm not going to really get into today in the show simply because that's a whole show in and of itself. And, and I'm, I'm going to uh, give a promissory note and talk about this in a few weeks when I can share with you some of the very interesting things that I've been working with in terms of um, direct care for patients. But let me, let me um, go on to tell you about some of the different solutions that the players in healthcare are trying to implement or work towards because they think that they know what the answer is to fixing this problem and getting us out of the chaos. So at the federal level, there is there, there are um, uh, people working in Congress who believe that the answer lies in, uh, in 
getting uh, the states more involved and the, having the federal government um, be the the uh, arbiters or, or the the uh, the watchdog over this um, in the Senate, um, Lindsey Graham and uh, Bill Cassidy, two senators, um, proposed the Ca the Graham Cassidy uh, proposal, which um, has uh, a um, uh, cap on on Medicaid. It uh, cuts out Medicaid expansion. It gives states more control over um, how they are going to uh, uh, be able to get health care to, um, to patients. And they believe that the solution to health care reform is doing doing um, a making a plan that that centers on on this and um, we're at a hard break right now so we'll stop right here and talk about other Washington-based perspectives when we get back in the next segment on the doctor's lounge so stay with us perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction if not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge, and we're talking today about chaos in healthcare and what um, solutions people who um, think that they know the answers are are offering um, to uh, get us out of this mess. And um, some some. Uh, Senators believe that the answer is is in uh, uh, different legislation to turn health care back to the states, and um, and and which which and let me just say that the people who are looking at solutions for the mess in health care, many of them 
um, mean well. And um, not all, but many of them mean well. Many of them um, believe that that what they are saying is is the right path going forward. Many believe that the solutions that they're offering are the only solutions that are possible because of politics, because laws can't be changed without supermajorities in the Senate, um, without bipartisanship, and I'm going to talk about that in, a, in just a few minutes, something very exciting regarding bipartisanship. But I, I just want to say that there, uh, most people are well-meaning who are in this arena, and they Everybody who has a solution thinks that their solution is the right one, including myself. And I, I really think that um, if you take the position that doing the right thing for patients is always the right answer, is always the right ultimate path, the right goal, and you go from there, you're going to be right the majority of the time, and, and you can do this if you are reasonable and don't want to rape the system. The insurance companies want to rape the system. They want to maximize their return on investment, and they're not concerned about patients. The hospitals, they speak a very, very good game. They can, they can really make you feel like they care. But in, at the end of the day, they truly are only interested in building their, their monopolies to, to increase their power. And they really do not put patients' interests first. Um, politicians. Politicians care, but they they are only interested in their next uh, campaign, um, getting reelected, and they're doing what's expedient. And they answer not to patients; they answer to special interests who fund their campaigns. So they want to do well, but they're conflicted. So doctors are really the only group, the only stakeholder in healthcare that really is, is interested in the outcomes and the um, welfare of their patients. Now, not every doctor is an altruist, and not every doctor is going to do the right thing, but the majority do. And, and so, the doctors are the ones who actually do the work and who have the relationship with the patients and who have skin in the game along with their patients. And so they're incentivized to actually um, deliver health care, keep their patients healthier regardless of what you hear by politicians or by others who think they know about health care who are saying that doctors get paid for patients being sick for churning the system. They, they really get, get paid for putting time in and trying to keep their patients healthy. And that's what most doctors that I know are, um, are driven by, keeping their patients healthy, making them well, and doing the right thing. But getting back to federal solutions, 
there are people in the executive branch um, who feel like they have the solution to health care. Um, the new Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, who, by the way, is a former Eli Lilly executive who has never taken care of a patient in his life, he believes that we need to end fee-for-service medicine and base payments on outcomes and change the entire um, Medicare, Medicaid um, reimbursement system. Um, and, and I think that, um, again, slippery slope, we talked about that before, um, law of unintended consequences. You know, I think that if you legislate this, you are asking for trouble, and this is not the answer. This can happen organic, excuse me, organically, and it is happening organically in the direct primary care mo movement. So, so I think that Secretary Azar is dead wrong when it comes to this. His, his, he's, he's thinking right, but how he hopes to achieve it is completely erroneous thinking. Some people in, in Washington feel like the solution is to continue to, to dismantle Obamacare. And you know, Obamacare is unraveling on its own. And yes, it's important to continue to get rid of some of the, not some of, all of the Obamacare regulations that are uh, contributing to this chaos in health care, that are resulting in the incredibly um, high cost of delivering health care, um, that are barriers to innovating in health care, but that is not the solution. That's a problem that needs to be eliminated, and it is getting eliminated, not fast enough in, for my taste, but it is happening. I think that many of the solutions are going to happen at the state level, and things can happen quicker at the state level. And let me um, first give a shout out to my my uh, colleague, um, my partner in direct and uh, docs for patient care, Lee Gross, who is a primary care doctor in uh, Florida. He is a direct primary care doctor, and he was instrumental in. Uh, uh, helping uh, Florida get HB 37 passed, the direct um, primary care agreement bill. And it amends the Florida insurance code so that direct primary care is not viewed as an insurance product. And it protects the doctors who want to open up direct primary care practices and it uh, takes away the threat that they'll get shut down by the state insurance commissioner because they are viewed as, as a risk-bearing entity. They are not. Direct primary care doctors are doctors who enter into a financial relationship with a patient, much like a concierge doctor, except that the concierge doctor take care of patients with insurance and charge them a premium for enhanced access. And a direct primary care doctor, on the other hand, is taking a monthly charge 
sometimes as little as forty or fifty dollars a month and they get virtually unlimited services by this primary care doctor plus access to a whole array of services that the direct primary care doctor was able to negotiate with vendors in the community so that these patients can get services for a fraction of the cost that it would otherwise be in a hospital system. So what do I mean? CAT scan, $100, $150 for an abdominal CAT scan, whereas in a hospital it might cost uh, $1,500. Um, MRI, six dollars to $800 in, through a direct primary care doctor. At a hospital, 3000 4000 sometimes more. So blood tests, $1.50 for uh, a uh, blood count where it might cost $40 in a hospital. It's, it's just, you know, mind-boggling the savings that direct primary care can give to their patients and can give to the system. And so kudos to Florida for, um, f and, and to Governor Scott for passing this, to Lee Gross and to all the doctors there that did the hard work to get this passed. So now, 23 states have passed good direct primary care laws. There's a couple of states that have kind of junky laws like Arizona and Oregon. Um, five more states are looking at, um, at uh, getting direct primary care laws passed. And this is the answer because the federal government has really ignored this and dropped the ball. So this is happening at the state level. And doctors are pushing this at the state level and explaining to legislators what this means to the patients and how this benefits everybody and how it's the special interests that are making this look like a bad idea who are trying to convince the people who make the laws that that these doctors are either undermining the current insurance market, which is very important to continue because they're doing such a good job, or this is an insurance product of its in and of itself, and the doctors are educating people and showing people who are making laws that this is not the case and that this is actually the way out of the chaos. Finally, this is resonating in Washington. So what do I mean by that? Well, there are two bills, one in the House and one in the Senate, called the Primary Care Enhancement Act. In the House, it is um, H.R. 365. In the Senate, it's S. 1358. Um, in the House, it was um, proposed in a bipartisan manner by Republican Eric Paulson from Minnesota and Democrat Earl um, Blumenauer from Oregon. Um, in the Senate, it was co-sponsored by Republican Bill Cassidy, again Cassidy, Republican from Louisiana. And what does Bill Cassidy's name keep coming up? Because Bill is a gastroenterologist. Bill practiced medicine for 30 years and knows what he's talking about. Now, I may not agree with everything that he's saying, but 
he is right 90% of the time. He gets it. And that's part of the problem. We've got people who are making laws who are involved in this who are not who have no knowledge of health care at all. So Bill Cassidy and Maria Cantwell, Democrat from Washington, co-sponsored this bill in the Senate, the Primary Care Enhancement Act. It fixes the ambiguity over whether direct primary care is insurance, it is not, and whether a patient um, can use an HSA to pay for their direct primary care. And they should be able to. It fixes the IRS problem. So this is what has happened at the state level that finally is resonating in Washington. That's a good thing. So I'm going to finish up in the last segment with with a, um, a, a little special shout out to some doctor colleagues. So please stay with us. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Tarichak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the Doctor's Lounge for our last segment, talking about chaos in healthcare. And I've um, pretty much gone through with you what the problems are in healthcare right now today, what people in involved in healthcare, both in Washington and at the state level, are proposing or thinking about in terms of getting out of the chaos and and um, and trying to solve the, the problems. Um, and um, I think that what really, again, and I said this in the last segment about doctors being being um, really the only allies, the only true allies for patients. And you've got to find your doctor that you trust, and you need to support that doctor and 
um, and really uh, understand that they're working for you if you find if you're lucky enough to find somebody like that and and um, and so I wanted to take this last um, segment to uh, share with you what's going on in the physician community because you know we talked about the political we talked about um, hospital players and uh, we've talked about um, you know insurance and virtually everywhere else and what I th I have the opportunity to be um, uh, part of and, and witnessing as a uh, as a uh, founder and board member on Docs for Patient Care, uh, seeing the activity in the doctor community and doctors right now are angry. They are uh, um, they're concerned. They they um, want to. Uh, they see what's going on. You know, and it's never too late for doctors to join the fight for their patients. It's something that I recognized a decade ago, and I, and that's that was what led to Docs for Patient Care. But it is really, um, it's encouraging and and uh, heartwarming for me to uh, know that the efforts that that myself and my colleagues have put forth have spawned other um, efforts by doctors around the country to try to become more activist. And I, I'm, I promise you, I'm not trying to take any credit for it. I'm happy to actually just say that I'm part of this physician awakening movement in the country. But this is what's happening right now, and you need to know about this, because physicians are becoming increasingly um, uh, aware that uh, that they cannot uh, allow the healthcare system to go in the direction that it's moving in, and that the only way to protect patients is to fight back. And in order to fight back, the doctors need the support of the patients. And there's a couple of groups that ha have put together a new effort in the physician community. Um, the groups are the f uh, Practicing Physicians of America. We heard uh, um, from uh, uh, them uh, uh, on this show a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, and um, and in the, uh, the Association of Independent Doctors. And um, this is these these uh, groups um, have created a, uh, a program called Physician Rise. It's really trying to activate physicians to uh, to become um, more more aware of what's going on, so that they could um, try to use the power that that we have as as healthcare providers and and bring that all together so that as as one we have a uh, a voice and um uh Mary Mass was on a couple of weeks ago and talked about some of this stuff um but I wanted just to uh, give you a, uh, a, a quick summation of some of the bullet points for the non-physicians out there. Most of the physicians know the things I'm going to say right now because they live it. But for patients who are 
are t struggling to understand why their doctors may be um, stressed out or why they are unhappy, I think that they need to understand, first of all, that um, that physician burnout is a huge problem right now that uh, is finally being recognized. And much like PTSD, this is this is happening to physicians because of what they have to deal with on a daily basis with insurance companies, government regulation, the stress of running a practice. Because of that, less than um, uh, a third of doctors now own their own medical practice. Some, some f um, factoids that I need to share with you. Um, Doctors get blamed for health care costs. You heard me say that that Secretary Azar feels like getting the fee-for-service system changed will fix that. But 85% of health care costs have nothing to do with patient care and nothing to do with physician reimbursement. Um, it's interesting that 25% um, uh, of physicians would choose a different career path if given the choice, which is just unbelievable. When I started, everybody was happy to be a doctor, and now people can't wait to get out, and people are retiring earlier and earlier at the peak of their career. You do not want to see the best doctors leaving medicine when they're in their prime, in their 50s, when they've got another two decades of, of productivity to contribute to patients. And so physician burnout is, is you know, something that really needs to be taken seriously. And it's starting as early as medical school, where one out of three medical residents, the, med the, the doctors in training, um, report um, signs of depression. And it's no wonder that they show that when the average medical school debt is just shy of $200,000. And when physician reimbursement is dwindling and you are unable to pay that debt, this is, this is um, contributing to anxiety and, and stress and physician um, uh, uh, um, dis, dis ease than it is um, wellness. And it's no wonder that physicians are choosing to go into the most highly compensated specialties to be able to pay back their debt and make a living rather than go into primary care where they can actually take do a, a lot of good but primary care doctors don't make any money. Physician suicide is a huge problem and nobody talks about that. Over 400 doctors a year commit suicide and that means that almost a million patients have to do without their doctor when a doctor is gone from suicide. And that doesn't even take into account the people leaving the profession, how many people have to do without their doctors. And because of that, because we're losing doctors at a record pace, there needs to be an alternative, and some states are allowing that to happen because they are um, licensing 
non-physicians to do physician jobs. 26 states allow nurse practitioners to practice unsupervised without a medical license. They don't carry the same malpractice insurance. They don't have the same level of education. They've got a very strong lobby. They're able to convince lawmakers that the care that they render is is as good or better than it is from a physician. Um, Kentucky just now is, is, is pushing to allow nurse practitioners more prescribing power without physician oversight. And that means um, virtually all drugs except for um, Schedule um, 2 and up narcotics. And, uh, um, but, but you can, I mean, there's, there's a whole list of drugs that are very, very dangerous. For, you know, everybody is paying attention to narcotics and opioids, but, but, um, nurse practitioners, um, do not have the same level of expertise as physicians do when it comes to prescribing medication. Um, Governor um, uh, Bruce Rauner in uh, Illinois um, has uh, lifted barriers for nurse practitioners um, so that they can uh, practice with less regulation than they were able to do. Um, and in in uh, in um, in Illinois, they can prescribe opioids. So this is this is really. You know, a direction that I do not think that we want to head down unless, you know, unless we're prepared to deal with the consequences, and there will be consequences. Um, so, so kudos um, uh, to uh, Physicians Rise, the two groups that I mentioned, and um, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're getting together trying to make people who have legislative power understand that that uh, physicians should be allowed to practice without third-party intrusion. They should uh, be able to uh, uh, deal with patients directly without laws getting in the way. Um, that means lifting some of the stark laws and some of the antitrust laws. And re restoring physicians, physicians as the head of the medical team. And giving physicians autonomy, it's their professional right to be able to practice medicine without 20 people looking over their shoulder. And, and if we don't take this seriously and do this, then I have no, nothing but uh, disdain for a political class and I, and I shudder to think what healthcare is going to look like. So thank you for being with us today, talking about chaos in healthcare, and I certainly hope to give you better news in the upcoming shows about some of the great stuff that's happening in, innovative, in uh, disruptive innovation that I'm involved with here in Atlanta that will be coming to a uh, city near you soon. So thank you for being with us, and, and and come back. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Kuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to the Doctors' Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website.